Hello and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, editor of Auto Finance News, and joining me is Amanda Harris, associate editor. Amanda, welcome. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending April 16th, 2021. As always, before uh, we begin, I want to thank Auto Finance News advertisers, Agora Data, Alpha, Dealer Track, DCM Services, Defy Solutions, MarketScan, Struck, and Struck and Levon for their continued support. In general news, tensions are high across the country as jurors deliberate in the case against former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, and Chauvin who is charged with, the, with murder in the death of George Floyd, and concerns surrounding potential inflation continue to loom. In lighter news, NASA's Ingenuity helicopter became the first aircraft in history to make a powered controlled flight on another planet when it flew 10 feet over Mars surface. And Do Dogecoin, I think I'm saying that right, a cryptocurrency initially created as a joke has become the latest phenomena on Wall Street, surging its 2021 returns 8,100%, uh, which is more than double the gains of the S&P 500 since, I believe, 1988, and it, giving it a $50 billion market capitalization, uh, which is worth more than Ford Motor Company, uh, according to MarketWatch. In auto finance, what we're here to talk about, uh, things continue to look optimistic. Publicly traded banks have started posting their earnings, and once again, auto remains strong. Couple that with last week's jobless claims, falling by more than 200,000, uh, continued acceleration of vaccine rollout across the country and low volume of, no, of new coronavirus cases, and the industry could be out of the woods. Banks, too, seem to think looks, things are looking up, uh, evidenced by decreases in allowance and provisions for credit losses. Um, I, first thing I think we should talk about, I mean, Amanda, do you, do you think there's cause to believe the industry is really out of the woods? Yeah, excuse <clears throat> me. Um... You know, I think as far as like completely out, maybe not completely out of the woods because we know that stimulus is still kind of keeping consumers propped up. So delinquencies and things like that um, probably haven't really seen the headwinds of those or uh, repossessions as well. Um, so I think those kind of things are still to come. Um, so that remains a concern. But we are seeing in all the earnings coming out, the first quarter really showed, you know, pretty remarkable improvement in originations and outstanding volume uh, for banks um, so far as what we've kind of been following. And so I do think that there's definitely some, you know, positive things happening in the industry. And really the, the big story I keep hearing is the recovery is way more and quicker uh, than was expected this time last year. Uh, so the fact that we're seeing record numbers coming out, um, especially in March, March ended up being a really big month for the industry um, just all over. So that kind of spells uh, some good things as far as growth and that consumers are buying cars um, with inventory still being kind of a big challenge to that. So it'd probably be even higher if consumers could find the cars that they wanted to buy. <laughs> so 
Um, I do think there are some good things going on. Right, absolutely. Mar March was a monster month. I mean, if you look at Chase Auto, right, their their loan and lease originations, um, you know, climbed thirty five percent year over year to eleven point two billion, and March was their best month on record. You know, granted that thirty five percent in the first quarter, that you know, last year those were slightly dampened by uh, you know the coronavirus in the last two two weeks of March really put a hit on it. Um, but you know, to be fair. There was, you know, almost an entire quarter of kind of normal seasonality, uh, you know, before that kind of, you know, threw a wrench in, into the industry spokes, uh, per se. Uh, but Ally Financial, too, they, they also had a, a record quarter. Uh, you know, they had $10.2 in originations, which was a 12.1% increase. Um, that's the highest volume they've had in, in five years, um, you know, according to their earnings. And it was sourced from 3.3 million applications, which is the highest ever. So, you know, they've really, uh, to your point, have been capitalizing on, um, you know, low inventory in the new uh, vehicle market and increased values and demand in the used vehicle market to, to kind of drive that, that growth. Um, what other... What other, remind me, what other banks did you look at? Like, I didn't read these stories. <laughs> uh, so Wells Fargo Auto, um, they also saw their auto book grow some. So they had increased originations uh, to 7 billion, which was an increase of 32% from the fourth quarter of 2020 when things kind of started, um, you know, getting better. And then uh, an 8% increase year over year. So even looking year over year, um, it was up. Uh, and a lot of that was, again, due to the same thing you were just talking about with, you know, a strong market with supply shortages for both new and used cars. Demand is really strong. We know customers are wanting to buy cars right now. That stimulus check is, especially the last one, was, was basically a down payment, um, at least for some cars. So, you know, there, people are wanting vehicles, but supply still ends up being a pretty big hindrance to, to seeing those numbers go up even further. Um, and then Truist... Um, also saw their um, outstandings increase 5% year over year, and that's set, set at about $26.4 billion. Um, and they also saw increases in, at the end of 2020 in both the fourth and the third quarter. So this is at least the third consecutive quarter where they've grown their outstandings volume. Um, so we know that they've been kind of growing for a while, and I think that's similar at the other banks as well. Yeah, and, you know, U.S. Bank similar story, right? Three quarters of, you know, of growth, 4% um, sequentially, 7% year over year. Their book is kind of back around the 20 billion mark. And, you know, that kind of fell off um, to, I think in the second quarter, it was about 18.6 billion. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of these banks don't actually break out their origination volume, but, you know, we, we can tell, you know, if their book's growing that they are, you know, originating more loans converse, you know, you know, taking that against, you can't really, really say originations are, are falling if the book is, is falling because, you know, you have amortization and, and, and all of that involved um, that could potentially be pushing, pushing the, that portfolio down. Um, so we, we do have, you know, a bit of opportunity in these earnings to, to, you know, gain some, um, I guess, clarity or insight into, um, kind of how the how the banks are, are doing in terms of auto growth uh, through outstandings. Um, I, I do want to go back 
to Wells Fargo for a second. Um, that you said the sequential growth was upwards of 30%. Did I hear that right? Right. So from the end of 2020, so from the fourth quarter of 2020 to the first quarter of 2021, uh, their origination volume grew 32%. That, that's pretty uncommon in the first quarter um, in terms of like sequential growth, right? Um, was there any indication as to, you know, what was driving that? Yeah, uh, basically kind of we, we mentioned it, but the the supply shortages and the demand for new and used cars is really what's, what drove that up. Um, so, you know, at the end of 2020, um, I guess the demand wasn't quite as high as we're seeing now. Um, and then that second round of stimulus, you know, just went out what, a, month, a month or so ago. I can't remember exactly when they sent it out. Um, but that definitely, you know, helped as well. Um, so people are kind of still getting those. And then, of course, it's also tax season. So people are getting their tax refunds. Um, so a lot of, some of this is probably seasonality. And then coming off of a tough year at the end of 2020, the seasonality mixed with the strong demand and supply shortages we're still seeing in the first quarter kind of helped drive that up so much compared to uh, the fourth quarter as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder also if they're, um, they're getting a little bit more aggressive again, um, which, you know, this is all speculation, but, you know, that would be a sign that, that you know, they too see, um, you know, kind of a light at the end of the tunnel or feel like that the market is, market's health is improving. Um, you know, we know that they kind of pulled back during the pandemic on some of their smaller independent um, dealer, dealer partners um, in terms of offering them financing. Uh, so, you know, potentially they, they could be, um, you know, enjoying low interest rates and high demand like, like everyone else. And it was noted on their call that they are loosening their credit standards back to their kind of pre-pandemic levels. Um, oh. So they, they are kind of pulling back to, they did tighten it like everyone did uh, during the pandemic, but they're kind of slowly but surely coming back to their normal where that would be. Um, so how, how much that played into it's not really 100% clear, but I'm sure that may have played in a little bit because they could reach obviously more consumers. Mm-hmm. Was that was that for auto only, or was that kind of bank wide? That was bank wide. So mm-hmm. just it was just kind of mentioned briefly on the call, but um, you know, as economic forecasts improve, that they are really kind of coming back on their credit standards back to their pre-pandemic normal levels. So um, you know, you have to remind me where that would normally fall for Wells Fargo, uh, um, but it is kind of like overall. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. Yeah, one thing that, you know, we, we can kind of, um, you know, take at face value from some of these banks is, you know, in a recessionary economy, if, if they're tightening credit, they're most likely tightening credit over all their consumer um, finance products, um, auto included. Um, so if they are start, starting to ease up, I would expect that that would also trickle down to auto as well, um, even if they're not saying specifically that it is auto. And, you know, one thing we'll never know is, you know, what these banks' credit boxes actually look like. Only, you know, some generic tightening or loosening comment that, you know, like you said, gets made um, offhand uh, during an earnings call, an hour-long earnings call, or however long it, they, they end up being. Yeah, but it, if you want, that's a kind of a good segue into subprime. No. Yeah. yeah, no, we, we I think we need to talk about subprime. <laughs> yeah, so... 
most people who follow us probably remember we've been talking about subprime and kind of doomsday scenarios for a while now. Um, with when it fell to the share of subprime financing really fell to like great recession levels during the pandemic. Subprime was really not one of the players during um, 2020. Um, and it just wasn't a year set up for, you know, those borrowers very well because credit standards were tightened across the whole industry. Um, you know, prices have been going up like crazy in used and new vehicles. Um, and so there's, you know, very strong demand too, but more supply. So obviously they're going to probably tailor it a little bit more to the subprime and, and prime borrowers. But at the beginning of April, we did see the share of subprime tick up. Part of that is due to seasonality, so that's kind of typical at the beginning of a month, um, but it ticked up quite a bit. So to me, that does say, you know, that this might be improving a little bit um, and subprime originations. Uh, so they went up to 16.1% of vehicle financing in March. Again, March is kind of a big month uh, this year so far, um, up from about 12.6% in December of 2020. Um, and that's the highest level that we've seen since last April when everything kind of went crazy. Um, so kind of says to me that it might be normalizing a little bit um, as maybe as, you know, OEMs and stuff pull back uh, on their tightening, kind of loosen standards a little bit. Um, and as more financing is available to these borrowers, it also might be that these borrowers finally want to, you know, go out there and get cars too. Uh, that was part of it uh, last year is that, um, you know, there was some thought that maybe those borrowers just weren't in the market too. We know a lot of them may drive to certain jobs that really weren't open or functioning during the pandemic. Um, so there was a lot of different factors that went into why it was so much lower, which we've covered. Um, but it does seem like it's rebounding at least some. Yeah, you know, I, I do wonder, um, you know, how many consumers that have been holding out for, you know, their make and model as, you know, um, OEMs and dealerships uh, come out saying that this chip shortage could last up to a year. I think AutoNation's um, CEO uh, said this morning or yesterday that the semiconductor chip shortage could last a year. Um, so, you know, maybe consumers are like, well, I guess I need a car now. I'll settle. Um, so back to market. But, you know, who knows? Um, nevertheless, uh, risk will continue, risk management will continue to be kind of top of mind. And I think that segues nice into, you know, reminding our viewers that um, or listeners, however you may be, uh, you know, consuming this, uh, this episode of the Weekly Wrap, uh, that our Auto Finance Risk Summit is May 11th through 12th. Uh, registration is open and we have a great speaker faculty, which Amanda and I have worked really hard uh, to put together. Uh, so please join us for that. Um, Amanda, what are we doing for the rest of the week? Because I have no idea. Sure. Um, so we have we do have some more earnings coming up. Uh, so we have Citizens Bank uh, that we will be covering um, and a couple other ones in the works. I think Fifth Third is also coming up um, on the list. So we'll be following a few more of the earnings reports. Um, and then I'm looking at, we've been talking about EVs for a while, but we haven't really talked about what the financing previews looks like. So I finally did get some insight um, on that. So I'm gonna be posting a story hopefully today on just what that kind of looks like in general, um, what it could look like and you know what that kind of means um, as far as 
being a player in the industry and where those are kind of going. Uh, so nice little uh, coverage on EVs. Great, wonderful. Well, thanks everyone for joining us on the roadmap. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, join us again next week and online at autofinancenews.net. We'll see you next time.